All right, you guys, I'm so excited about this episode because I'm going to keep it really casual. This is a question and answer episode, and I'm going to try to keep it conversational. I have just kind of an outline of my answers, and some of them I haven't completely and totally thought through. I thought it would be fun to do more of a spur of a, a spur of the moment kind of conversational podcast. So I'm going to be trying that today. I have a bunch of questions that my Instagram audience asked me to answer on this podcast, and they're really a great bunch of questions. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode where we kind of touch on all different topics from marketing and teaching to, you know, life and balance, balancing it all. It all comes up in this podcast episode. So hang tight because the get your coffee. We are going out for a coffee chat today. How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. All right, before I dive in, since this one is an informal coffee chat, I have to tell you that the more pregnant I get, the more out of breath I get when I'm recording podcasts. So I'm really sorry in advance if I have to stop and catch my breath, but it's just where I am in my pregnancy right now, and I just have to accept it and keep on keep on going. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm expecting my third child at the end of May. I'm really excited. It's been a really busy time. It's our first girl. We already have two boys. So it's definitely going to be a different way of life. So if you've got questions for me about how I'm balancing it all, I may not know right now exactly how that's going to work. But I'm one of those people where uh, being pregnant and having babies actually motivates me to do more when it comes to my business. So as soon as I had my first child, that's when I learned this about myself. I thought like, oh, I'll be on maternity leave. I'll be able to relax. I'll be able to take this easy. And I didn't. As soon as he went down for a nap, I was like, what can I do? What you know? How can I? How can I get online and and do something today? And so I actually started a mom blog with him. And when I that was about when I was helping local businesses. So I was doing the whole mom blog thing and doing things locally. And so, yeah, I'm somebody who has babies and then puts it in, kicks it into high gear. So this should be very interesting. Anyway, so I asked my Instagram audience to give me some questions that I can answer on this podcast for just like a question and answer, casual conversation type of a podcast. And we've got some good questions. And I want to start with one from Allie. She is Allie the Gypsy Teacher. And she wanted to know, this week there is a, the time of the recording of this podcast, there's going to be a TPT sale. By the time you hear this episode, the sale will be over, Teachers Pay Teachers sale. But her question I think is really relevant and will help you prepare for the next sale as well. And you'll see when I give my answer why that makes more sense to talk about now. But she asked, how do you stand out in the midst of 
TPT sale madness on Instagram. And so what she means, if you're not from the Teachers Pay Teachers world, what happens is around the time that Teachers Pay Teachers throws a sale, everybody is talking about the sale. Everybody's posting a graphic. Everybody's on their stories. Everyone is reminding people that now is the time to shop on TPT because you can grab things at a discount. So she's wondering, with all of that going on, how do you stand out? And my answer goes back to what I was just saying, which is why this is relevant after the sale. This is still a relevant question after the sale, is that the work really comes in before the sale. The sale is really should just be like the cherry on top of the sundae. It shouldn't be the first time that you're really showing your audience what you have to offer. It should be like a reminder to your audience of what you have to offer. So my tip is to, of course, tell your audience that there's a sale going on, but also to showcase your products and really curate it for them. Don't say like, hey, there's a sale. Go over and check out my store. Check out everything in my store. We really want to lay it out for them. And if you think about it psychologically, if they have all these stores that are on sale and they've got to all of a sudden choose what they're going to buy. So you almost want to lay that out for them. So seasonally, what are they going to need next? In their curriculum, you know, that you're an expert in, what are they going to need next? And give them really a showcase of those items before the sale comes or the week of the sale. But really all the connection that you're doing prior to even mentioning the sale, all the showcasing you're doing of your products, all of this thought leader stuff that you've been working on, All is going to come into play when there's a sale. Because if you think about your email, right, you get tons of, you're bombarded with sales emails, whether Walmart is having a sale or Amazon is having a lightning deal. I don't open all of them. I don't know about you. I don't open all of those sales emails. What I open is when my favorite store is having a sale. So I love Ann Taylor Loft. If they have a coupon in my email inbox, you can bet I'm definitely going to open that email and I'm definitely going to go shopping. What I'm trying to tell you is that Ann Taylor Loft earned my trust and earned my money before they ever even had a sale. I'm waiting for them to have a sale. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to put the work in in advance so that when there's a sale, your ideal customer is like, oh, I need to go shopping. Like I need to go stock up in this particular store because now is the sale. Versus the other way around where you're like, hey, I'm I'm over here having a sale. Now come check out me for the very first time. So we want to go where our audience is, but we want to be putting the work in ahead of that sale, if that makes sense. Just the biggest mistake you could do is talk to your customers about your product for the very first time the week of the sale, or just in general say, my store is on sale, but not tell them what's in it. So really make sure that you're showcasing. And then part of that upfront work too, you guys, is like, having a store where someone can actually shop across your store. And that all goes back to that niche work. So I can tell you on a TPT sale day, I can tell you exactly where I'm going to go shopping. I can tell you the three stores that I've had my eye on and that I can get a bunch of stuff from one place and I can load up my cart from that one shop because I can shop across their store because their store makes sense and it all contains things that I need. So the more niche down you are, the more your store makes sense to your customer, the more they're cataloging you in their head for these kinds of things, like these kinds of sales where it's a stock up time. So I hope that makes sense, Allie, and I hope that that answered your question. And thank you for asking it. It's a good one. And Allie is part of the crew, so she knows that we'll be talking much, much more about this inside the crew as well. Jackie from Teaching in Room 5 asked another great question. She asked about Pinterest. She asked, 
on Pinterest, how do I make my pins stand out among the rest? Same kind of theory. How do we stick out when there's so much noise? It's like a common question that comes up in all of these, a common theme. But anyway, if you are in the Teacher Hustle You crew or you've listened to me talk, you know that design, graphic design is like my downfall. But the good thing about that is that I can help you because I know all the tips that all of the people who struggle with graphic design can use to help them. So I think I come at this from a unique perspective. But my answer to that would be to look at, you know, just like we tell our students, like mentor texts, really go on Pinterest and find your mentor pins. Like, what really stands out to you as a customer? What stands out to you as someone who's on there to look for ideas? What pops? What do you like? And just get a notebook out and write down. Is it the color of the pins, the size of the graphics in comparison to the text that's there? Do you like like the step-by-step? Are you more attracted to the video pins? What's really standing out to you? And then try to emulate that in your own pins. I use Canva and I use templates like nobody's business because I cannot, if I have to start from scratch on a pin, it will take me way too long. So I get those templates set up and then I use my brand colors and my brand fonts and I just kind of pop things in. But I do also really suggest that you take on this idea of responsive marketing and that goes for all areas. And you've probably heard me talk about this before as well, but we really need to learn to stop guessing in our businesses and we need to start really watching and responding to what our audience is saying. So put your pins out there, but don't just put them out into Tailwind and then forget about them until the next time it's time to schedule pins. Go on Pinterest and check back. Check on your analytics. What are people responding to? What are they repinning? What are they engaging with? And then recreate more of that. We're really testing things out constantly. No matter what platform we're on, it's all about testing, watching, and responding. So I would definitely suggest doing that on Pinterest especially. And I think being new and innovative and different also has a really special place. So while I'm telling you to go ahead and emulate what you like, I also think there's definitely a spot for being innovative and coming up with something new that's going to stand out among lots of things that look the same. Now that goes for Instagram too. You've heard me say that before. Really be yourself. Embrace what you're, what you are attracted to and what you want to put out into the world and see how it goes and respond to it. So great question, Jackie, and thank you for asking it. I love another question that I got was, um, what's your favorite part of being in the classroom? I love this question because it doesn't have to do with marketing and it's just kind of a fun question. And it made me sit back and think, what do I love? I've been teaching fifth grade for 13 years which is a really long time to like tell the same jokes over and over. And my fifth graders now think I'm super lame. I swear I used to be cool when I first started. I was like the young teacher and I was the cool teacher. Now I am not. And so, yeah, I hang out with fifth graders all day long. Um, I really love the age level. If any of you out there have been teaching around 13 years, I would say there's probably like a 10-year itch, probably around 10 years is when I started really feeling like maybe I need to do something different. Maybe I need to switch it up. But every time a new grade level comes open, I chicken out. So I really like the big kids. If anything, I would probably go older. I really like the middle high school age too. Um, So anyway, but my favorite part about being in the classroom, I really had to think about this one, but I think it's that social emotional piece. And a lot of you can probably connect to this too. Like I really love to talk to them about, you know, if they're having an issue socially and they need help, or they need like a mediator. 
I really love giving them the skills to communicate with one another and do that in an effective way. And I love doing it in fifth grade because fifth graders really take in what you have to say when it comes to that and the social piece of it. They want your help navigating these things. And so I really love helping them do that. And then I hope that they'll take it with them to middle school. I, I want them to leave my classroom a better um, citizen and a better communicator and a better friend um, with more empathy when they leave my room at the end of the year. If if I created a little bit more empathy in them, then I've done my job. I don't care what else they learn, to be honest. We do a lot of social emotional learning. A lot of that comes through literature, of course. If you're a fifth grade teacher, you know Wonder. It's one of the big read-alouds. Uh, if you haven't read it, I, I mean, you probably have or at least seen the movie, but those are the kinds of conversations that just the fact that I could make a difference on kids at this age level is just my favorite part. But I know that all of you know exactly what I'm talking about because I'm sure you share the same theories. And then my other favorite part, like my favorite thing to talk about in the classroom, what I'm kind of known for is sort of like technology meets literacy, which is really appropriate given what I'm doing with you guys. I basically love teaching kids kind of like future ready learning. So I love to tell teach them how they can use tech tools and technology in a way that makes them a better citizen of the world and that they can advocate and spark change. And Spark Change is, by the way, such a good book. So Okay, maybe you didn't know that this podcast was going to be me rambling. This is a really good story. There is a girl. Her name is Olivia, and she is, I think, now 12 years old. She's at the Live Bits on Twitter and on Instagram, and she is stinking amazing. She is a keynote speaker. She goes around and talks to kids and schools and teachers about how to use the internet, the www, for change as a as a teenager and as a young adult, how you can use the digital world to advocate and to just really get your word out, whatever it is. And she's doing big things. She has a podcast that is awesome. If you're into listening to podcasts with your kids, her podcast, I think it's called The Live Bits, is um, she reviews books and she interviews authors. And so my fifth graders love to read that and they love to read her blog. But anyway, I met her dad over the summer randomly at a conference, but I was already a big fan of hers. And I said to him, he said in the conference, you know, we were like doing the, that's, part where you introduce yourself and you have to like tell a fun fact about yourself. He said something like, well, I'm not that interesting, but my daughter is a keynote speaker and all of this. And I'm in the middle of the conference. There's all these people and I'm like, are you? is your daughter the live bits? And he said, yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a huge fan. Like my kids listen to her and we we read her blog or whatever. She is basically me as a 12-year-old kid. I mean, just if I had the internet when I was 12, that's probably what I would be doing. I just love her message. So anyway, we connected on Instagram and she sent me a copy of her book called Spark Change um, that she just released. It's on Amazon. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. You know, as I'm thinking out loud, I should have her on the podcast, right? That would be so cool. Her book is all about, from a kid's perspective, what it's like to be limited when it comes to social media and the use of the internet and how that feels and how kids can be taught to use these tools in a productive way that contributes to society. So I just love uh, everything that she kind of stands for. Anyway, that's my favorite part of the classroom. Social, emotional learning, empathy, and using technology to, you know, enhance your learning. All right. So the next question is, 
How do you stay motivated? How can I stay motivated as a, a teacher who has an online business and also teaches full time? And this is a great question because it's not like I sit here all the time and I'm completely motivated all the time to show up online, to create content, to create new things in my business. There are times where I have to push myself. There are times when it comes really easily for me because you know I've said this before, all of this is my form of self-care. So I truly can't wait to get to my laptop at the end of the night. It is my happy place. It is the place where I feel like I can create and just be creative and just be myself and um, have my quiet time with my with my laptop and connect in these bigger ways and, and be that visionary. And I just, it's like I can just have that creative release, if that makes sense. But anyway, I'm not, I don't feel that way at 100% of the time. There are times where I'm tired, especially now that I'm getting further along in my pregnancy and I just want to go to bed at 730 at night and I don't want to stay up necessarily any later than I have to. But I think the motivational piece, we have to give ourselves grace. We have to realize that we are human beings and that we run on cycles. We are cyclical beings by nature. And this idea comes from the book Do Less by Kate Northrup. I just literally had to pause our casual podcast to look that up because I forgot the name of the book. Um, But in the book Do Less, she talks a lot about these cycles that we go through, just like the seasons. We have a time, our summer, where we're going, 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 we're super excited and we're all into it and we're all in and we're creating all the things. We also have our winter where we just need to rest and recharge. And if we don't take that winter, then we're not that we don't have that recharge that we need for the summer. We have to accept that there are going to be weeks, entire weeks where we are maybe just off in our business. And maybe we're just, we, you know, watch Netflix at 730 instead of when the kids go to bed, instead of working in our business. But the the following week, we're going to pick it back up because we re-energized and we came back to it. So the thing is that when you get into that funk or you get into that part of that cycle that you get out of it, that you don't get stuck in it and let it rule your business and take over and you say, oh my gosh, I can never do this because I'm having this week where I need to rest. No, you just say like, okay, this is you know my quiet week and next week I'm going to get back into it. And maybe during your quiet week, you, and I have a whole podcast episode on this, I'll have to look at what episode it is, but Maybe during your down week, you take information in. So lots of times if I'm not in that creation mode, I'll listen to podcasts or I'll go into some of the memberships or courses that I have and I'll take in some videos and I'll just take in information and then that kind of motivates me for the next week and I I can make lists and I can wrap my head around what's going on, you know, what's going to happen when I'm ready to jump back in. But give yourself some grace. I mean, this really, ultimately, you're listening to this podcast and you're building this business because you're building something that's passive. You know, you are building up a business that eventually is going to continue to pay you when you take these weeks of rest, when you go on a vacation, your little, you know, cha-ching if you're on TPT is still going to go off. If you have an online course, it's still going to be running. It's not going to need you all the time. But right now you're building that up. And that takes time. And really, it always takes time, no matter whether you're in the building phase or not. It's going to take some time. But you have to give yourself grace when you're taking that time to let your business run on its own for a while. But I will tell you that routines and having that real um, plan around the content that you're creating, the plan around creating products in your business, having quarterly goals, 
that's really motivating. I mean, if I fall off the wagon a little bit with what I'm doing, I have quarterly big three quarterly goals. And um, I stick to those and I keep them really light because I want to get all three done in a quarter. And usually it's something I want to learn, something I want to create, and then some content like marketing stuff um, for my big three. And I just keep focused on those. So if I have an off week, then I come back harder the next week. But I know that those three goals are achievable. I don't set goals that I know I can't reach with my schedule, given my schedule, given my lifestyle, I set goals that I know I can attain. So I hope that that helps you stay motivated a little bit. But I really think that routine piece helps a ton too. And just staying organized around what you're doing when you do sit down to work is really motivating. Because, you know, think about how unmotivated you are when you sit down and you have no direction or you have a thousand things on your to-do list. Of course, you're not motivated. Of course, you, you can't even get out of your own way because there's too much to do cut that way down, cut it way back, make it achievable so that when you sit down, you actually accomplish something and you feel good and not not like you just crossed off number one out of 200 things that you need to do. So all of that together, I hope will help you a little bit with staying motivated. But really, um, you know, another piece that helps me stay motivated is just talking to all of you guys. Uh, sometimes when I feel like, oh, I'm putting in all this work, is anybody really appreciating it? I'll get a DM from one of you that's like, was listening to your podcast, it's amazing, or like, just found your podcast, binging on it. Um, and then I'm like, okay, I'm in the right business. I'm, you know, so just connecting with your ideal audience and having those conversations that can really, really help recharge you as well. All right, the next question is How do we snag people's attention with product covers on Teachers Pay Teachers? So I love this question because I like to talk about this all the time. You have, when you are on Teachers Pay Teachers, remember that that's a marketplace. And so you are paying them essentially to list your product on their marketplace. And we know there's a ben- real benefit to that because there are teachers that, and I'm one of them, that go on to Teachers Pay Teachers specifically with their wallets out, ready to purchase something that they need that they don't feel like making. And they go to that search bar and they type it in. But we have to be really aware that we have a ton of noise happening just in that marketplace. There's a ton of, I'm going to say the word competition, but you know how I feel about that word. But there is a ton of competition when it comes to teachers, pay teachers, and trying to rank our product in that search. So let's say somebody types in podcasts, because I do a lot of podcast products on there. When I do create on TBT, it's usually something about a podcast. That would be really tricky to show up on page one of that search, because there are so many products that have the word podcast in the title. So you've got lots going on. First of all, you have to be able to rank in that search. You have to come up really on like page one or two, because beyond page one or two, teachers aren't going that far. They don't have that kind of time. They're not looking on page seven of the search. So you have to rank first of all, and that has to do with your title and the first couple of lines of your description. But then as this person who's asking the question is saying, your cover photo can't be one that people just scroll on by. It has to stop them in their tracks. So you have really those three places to stop them. Your cover photo, your title, and your two to three lines of description, that's kind of your listing that they see and they decide then if they want to click. The cover photo, and again, you know graphic design is not my thing, but there are a few general rules that can really help your cover photo pop. 
And one of them is just realizing how small that photo is. And you know, if you shop on TPT, you can't see it. Even if you hover over it, it's tricky to see. Once they've clicked, that's a whole different story. Now you're talking about converting them to a buyer. You've got lots more places to do that on the inside of the listing. But on the outside in the marketplace with all the other products that are there, you have to stand out. So your cover photo visually has to be readable. Any kind of a font that's small, it's got to go. Like people can't see. I don't know about you guys, but I can't see it. And so I'm not even going to try to read it, but I will read a nice bold print title. And I definitely like some white space on there. I think sometimes we tend to feel like we have to fit everything on the cover photo. But remember, again, it's so small that we can't see half of it. So you really just need to give them that nice kind of quick glimpse at what they're getting. So what does the job really nicely as far as a photo on the front of a cover, I think, is a uh, real photo, a photo of the product in action really pops for me as a buyer where I'm like, oh, wow, that looks so nice when it's all printed out. Like there's a kid hand or a person's hand in there using it. I'm really attracted to those. But again, just like what I was saying with pin design, go through, look at some covers. What are you finding yourself drawn to? And then kind of emulate that. I'm not saying copy it, but I'm saying write down some of the traits that you're really finding yourself going to and recreate those in your own way. So definitely something to pay attention to. And I love that we're even having this conversation because it it tells me that marketing is playing a role in your thought process when it comes to creation. And that's really important to standing out among all of the noise. The next question kind of goes along with all of these. And it is, how do you deal with self-doubt? And this is great because I just posted a graphic on Instagram. If you didn't see it, go on my Instagram teacher by nap time and check it out. But it was called reframing self-doubt because the thing is self-doubt happens, right? Like there's no way to get rid of self-doubt. You have to keep cutting it down. It's like a weed. It's going to come up just when you think everything's fine. It's just going to pop right up and you're going to have to keep cutting it down. The difference between us and somebody who is not successful with their business is that we're going to keep cutting it down. Somebody who's not successful in business is going to feel this feeling of self-doubt and they're going to stop doing what they're doing. They're going to give up because of it. Successful entrepreneurs just didn't give up when this, it's not that they didn't have self-doubt. You think Amy Porterfield doesn't have self-doubt? I'm sure she does, but she doesn't let it stop her. She cuts it down. She replaces or reframes that thought with something that's more productive and fuels her business rather than shuts it down. And I would be lying if I sat here and told you during our little coffee talk that I don't have these thoughts of self-doubt myself. Uh, What happens for me a lot, I'm not a competitive person at all by nature. So I know some of you really are. I am not. I could not play sports in high school because if I did, I would be like, if somebody came to get the ball, I'd be like, oh, here, you take it. That's fine. Go ahead. Like, go score a goal. Go you. I'm not trying to sound like I am this saint who just wants to see everybody else succeed. But truly, truly, I enjoy seeing other people succeed. So what I tend to do and how that kind of comes out in business is if I see someone else doing something that I'm also trying to do, I tend to like step back and say to myself, oh, they'll just do it. Like they can just do it. Well, they're doing this really well already. So I'll just, you know, I'll just go back and I won't do it as much. I I tend to do that a little bit. That's where my self-doubt comes in. 
And so I'll think like, why do I even bother? Maybe I should just stop. Maybe I should just let them have it. And just like I would in soccer, right? Just let them have the ball. Let them go score the goal. I don't really need to. And so that's the stuff that I have to fight and I have to reframe my thinking. So I have to do a lot of talk to myself of like, no, there are teachers that own a business on they're running their business online and they want to hear my perspective from having worked with local businesses like that's different that's what makes me unique i'm not a tpt seller by nature so i've got this different perspective and i have that to offer you know what really helps me with that is just again getting those messages from people that are like i really connected because i have toddlers too or i really connected cuz i'm still teaching full time or your story resonated with me because blah, blah, blah. Those are the things that keep me going when I start to have those feelings of self-doubt. It's just, I've just got to cut those down and say that somebody out there is enjoying my perspective and I'm going to be able to offer something unique and different. And that feeling still comes up once in a while, but I just have to keep cutting it down. And so do you. So whatever your self-doubt is, whether it's just like what I was saying, where you notice other people doing it better and you're like, or doing it at all. And you're like, oh, I could you know, I might as well just stop talking. (laughs) Or maybe you don't feel expert enough. You don't feel like, you know, you have all the answers. So why should you even be saying anything? If you're feeling like you don't have enough time, you couldn't possibly keep putting the time in if you, there are all kinds of doubt feelings. And so just reframe them, have your go-to statement and just keep saying it over and over and over and know that having those thoughts is totally normal, that all of the most successful people still have those thoughts and they still have to cut them down and they still have to shift their mindset to be able to keep going. But the difference is that they do that. These questions are so great. I really loved answering them. I have one last question, which is great. Somebody asked, what happened to coffee talk? And so if you follow my Instagram, if you were one of my followers in the beginning of when my Instagram was just starting out, I have, well, I call her my work wife, Kate, who works next door to me. We we share a door like in our classrooms are joined by a door. So we're constantly going back and forth. The kids, not the fifth graders, but the younger kids think we're the same person. They get us completely mixed up because we have, I don't, we don't look alike, but we have like the same color hair and we're the same height and we're, we wear similar clothes. So they think we're the same person. And uh, we spend way too much time together. But anyway, we used to do this segment on my Insta stories that we called Coffee Talk, just kind of like what we're doing here today. And we always just talked about like these random questions. One of them was, um, how do you eat your corn on the cob? Do you eat it? typewriter style or do you eat it horizontally? I forget what the choices were. And then we had you guys weigh in and we kind of discussed and like argued our different answers. We had so much fun doing coffee talk. And then what happened to coffee talk? To be honest with you, we did it all of last year, last school year. And then this year, I'm, this is going to sound like the lamest excuse, but my desk was on one side of the room. And over the summer, I moved it to the other side of the room, like by the windows. I am telling you what, I don't get any service on that side of the room where my desk is. And now on the other side where my desk was, like you can't really go over there. It's like bookshelves and kids seats and stuff. So yeah, we just, to be honest, I will go to record something and it takes all day for it to upload. And then sometimes parts of it will upload and other parts will be missing. And then people are like, wait, this doesn't make sense. So we kind of gave up on it, but since you guys are asking, maybe we need to bring back a few a few segments or I need to get around the podcast um, to chat with you guys. But we have actually talked about like just for fun because they were funny. They were just kind of like funny 
chats, we had talked about opening an account just for fun to just do those. And so let me know if you guys are interested in that. And I will talk, I can pretty much talk Kate into anything. So we could totally do that. Our other option was to start a TikTok. I don't know anything about TikTok. What do you call it? Like a channel, a TikTok channel. I don't, I'm totally, totally out of the loop when it comes to that. But since it's like mostly funny stuff, we thought maybe it would be appropriate for TikTok. So we'll see. We will, we will keep working on that. If you liked it, we will definitely bring it back. But it was fun to chat about our like, weird, weird conversation. You guys, this was really fun just having a casual conversation with you and not having to edit out my mistakes or myself running out of breath. I loved your questions. I really love chatting with you. So I would love to continue this conversation over on Instagram. If you have any other questions, DM me, teacher by nap time anytime. I love chatting with you. I also have a Facebook group that is totally free just for this podcast. If you love listening to this podcast and you want to chat about it afterward, if you want to ask more questions, it's really turning into a great and active community. And there are lots of great discussions happening in there. So we would love to have you there. And you can find that I will link in the show notes. It's called Teacher Hustle Podcast and right on Facebook. And we would love to see you over there. I will see you next week in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Teacher Hustle Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get the latest episodes. If you have a question for me about marketing, mindset, momming, or even life in general, really anything along the lines of anything that I talk about, you can send me a voice recording over at alyssamcdonald.com slash askalyssa. That's A-L-I-S-S-A. No, I could never get those personalized pencils when I was in elementary school because I spelled my name with an I. Anyway, if you have a question and you send me a voice recording, who knows, your question might be featured on the next podcast. I can't wait to connect with you and I'll see you back here next week.